Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I'm Pauline. And I'm Lisa. And we are discussing a film today, uh, circa mid 90s, uh, mm-hmm. an animated Disney film that Lisa picked. Uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast before, welcome. And thank you for joining. Um, we are discussing uh, a goofy movie today because Lisa picked it. We rewatched mm-hmm. it over the weekend and now we're discussing. Uh, if you haven't watched Goofy Movie yet, maybe uh, go back and listen to the trivia soap first. Maybe take a beat, watch Goofy Movie. It's on uh, Disney Plus and then come back and join. Or if you don't feel like it, that's cool too. I'm not the boss of you. You're the boss of you. <laughs> you do what you want to do with your time. Uh, yeah. And if your time yeah. is listening to me and Lisa discuss this film, uh, you come to the right place. It's a uh, time well spent, in our opinion. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. <laughs> Write that on one of our reviews. Time well spent. <laughs> yeah. Next time you guys give us a review, that should just be all you say. That's all you need to say. We're happy Perfect. with that. It's satisfied. Yeah. yeah. I'll just Amazing. say five stars. That's fine. Mm. Okay, Lisa. Goofy movie. Talk about <laughs> it. What's it about? Uh, so the Goofy movie, it was um, released in 1995 and is actually based off of the Goof Troop uh, TV series that was out a few years earlier. And it follows Max, the teenage son of uh, Disney's classic character Goofy. And he's just trying to act like a normal teen. He's trying to impress his crush. He um, dresses up as the most popular pop star in school named uh, like on the planet uh, named Powerline and the last day of school to impress said girl. And um, unfortunately causes what the principal refers to as a riot and gets in trouble. Goofy, uh, having a phone call from the principal, finds out about this, but misunderstands the full extent of it because the principal is prone to hyperbole. And as a result, Goofy panics and decides he needs to get closer to his son to protect him from becoming a gang member or going to prison. And he decides to go on a road trip, one that he took with his own dad when he was about Max's age. Max is very reluctant to do this because he has a date with a girl and has lied to her now that he knows he's going on vacation and saying that he's going to be live on the Powerline um, concert that's going to be on paper view and she should just watch him there and what follows is a road trip between father and son a bonding between a teenager and his dad and sort of that intergenerational storyline you get where they don't quite understand each other but they're you know trying and uh just sort of how they develop their relationship on the road and what that means for them by the movie's end it's very silly over the top quite funny classic disney it's short so for anyone who watched it with their their kids this is like an hour and a half tops and it's full of very memorable songs particularly two performed by the powerline character eye to eye and stand out which became huge hits um as a result of this movie and it's just a blast guys we watched this when we were kids and loved it and thought it was hysterical and i was so happy to rewatch it yeah it was good it to rewatch. Me delighted um the couple voice actors who are in it for as minor characters are wallace sean who you anyone who knows the princess bride and the character vicini the inconceivable guy he voices the principal. And then Polly Shore, a very popular actor in the mid-90s, uh, also voices a character in this movie, too. He's got a very distinctive way of speaking. So anyone who doesn't know Polly Shore, who was not a millennial and, you know, watched his movies, he's the one who sounds like a bro. <laughs> 
totally. But like a surfer bro. And he's and he's got a very distinctive way of talking and it's quite entertaining. And we loved him as kids for sure. We did. Down. We yep. also loved Polly Shore though. So we It's true. We automatically him. when we heard his voice, we're like, oh my gosh, it's Polly Shore. He's from Encino Man. <laughs> yes. We love him. Let's watch this movie. Uh, Other than that, it's more standard voice actors uh, for this film. And it just, it's a blast, guys. It was a favorite for our generation. And, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about it. (laughs) All right. Well, having said all of that, Lisa, let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's just dive right in. in. Oh, man. So uh, when we watched this film, you you were like 10. So I feel like, and it's made for kids our age, so I feel like you probably got everything, but (laughs) what were your takeaways as a kid and would you understand or misunderstand or not get or favorite scenes for you? Um, So, I mean, I got pretty much all of this. I can't think of a single thing I didn't get in this movie. The only thing is like the opening, it starts with a nightmare that Max has. And as a kid, it took me a moment to realize it was a nightmare, um, mainly because it starts off very dreamlike and then it turns into a nightmare. And for a second, my kid brain was like, what's happening? Why is he in a field of wheat? What is, right. why is that girl there in a, in a white dress? And then of course you clue in and you're like, okay. Other than that though, I got it. And I think I got more humor because our family went to Disneyland. Our family knew Disney really well. So we got like all the in jokes about Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. In case Mouse. you guys don't know, <laughs> we talk about Disney all the time. So yeah. new information. New for information you. for new listeners. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast understands that we are Disney aficionados and well, quite we enjoy. being Lisa. I mean, like our family <laughs> went to Disneyland. Like we're, I'm a regular child who enjoyed Disney. Lisa kind of took it to a whole other level. I took it to a new level and it made me very happy so um so as a kid all those in jokes I got um and it just delighted me even more I don't know how many kids did I think most of them because they're pretty straightforward uh what stood out oh my god every scene in this movie was a delight but I remember so I I mentioned in the trivia sode that um so first of all Pauline and I didn't see this in theaters as kid it's one of the it's one of the few Disney animated films we didn't see in theaters it was didn't have a wide release it wasn't like you know given as much attention as like Pocahontas that came out the same year so I actually saw it in class on a pizza party day and loved it and it was so funny because there's this scene where so Goofy's day job is a photographer at like a store at like a like a thing like a Walmart or something like that, like a Walmart photographer. And uh, you see him sort of taking pictures. It's adorable little baby and he's making her smile and everything else. And Pete, uh, anyone who knows that character, he's been in, Dis- in Mickey Mouse cartoons for quite a long time. He's often the antagonist. He's a cat where Goofy's a dog. Right. And he's still very much a jerk. <laughs> He's always a jerk, but they're kind of friends. But they're kind of friends because Goofy's so nice and does and like allows Pete to kind of push him around a bit here and there because he just he just is like oh he's he's deep down he's a good guy seems to be the mentality and Pete just likes to hear himself talk and boss people around so you know there you go so they're co-workers and um there's this moment where where goofy gets complimented for how has such a way with children as the mom says and pete gets jealous so then proves that he's a better guy and and takes this girl who's very hilarious she's like this very strong personality child who runs literally all over people and he's you know pretending to be good with kids so you know he looks good but he clearly is irritated by her and he velcros her 
underwear. So it's this amazing thing because she moves so much. I'm like, do these things exist? So to keep her on the little photographer pad where they can take a picture because she's moving too much, he basically holds her in one arm, pulls out this box that's underneath the, the table, and it's Velcro patches. And he puts one on the platform and one on her butt, basically, unlike her underwear, and then just Velcros her in place so that he can take her picture. It's so funny. It's such a brilliant, it's I was such like, a that's brilliant, genius. Brilliant scene. Like, that's the kind of humor, right? Like, it's, it's cartoonish, it's animated, it's delightful. And I remember the class killing themselves laughing, but they killed themselves laughing even more. Like, I lost it too. Later on, same scene, like, Goofy's all excited because he's figured out he's going to take his son fishing. That's what's going to help their, their sort of relationship that's sort of fraying. And he tells Pete that and distracts him. And then goes running away, shouting, I'm going fishing with my boy. And he's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he goes back to take the little girl's picture. And all that's there on the counter is her underwear. And she's basically climbed out of it. And she goes running down the aisle with a bare butt. And chasing she's wearing after a dress. Goofy. She's, she's wearing, wearing a dress. dress. But you do see her little butt cheeks. A little butt and she, cheeks. <laughs> she basically it's is so like, fishing, fishing. And she chases after Goofy. And my class lost it i think we were in like we were out of control giggling for like a good solid 30 seconds that's so (laughs) cute it was such such a kid reaction of of this because you could you understood this kid escaping understood how funny it was to see but you understood how funny it was that like you know pete had lost his upper hand like so many factors so the humor was pitch perfect for our age group and we were gone it was just giggles it was non-stop giggles for that scene so it's funny when i see it now i just hear a classroom of kids laughing mm. um so it's quite like i mean so that one left a big impression one of the scenes that left the biggest impression is um called it's the lester possum park so oh, God. when goofy when goofy is on the road trip as i said he's planned this road trip Um, in sort of memory of his own dad it's very sweet like he and his dad were very close they took this road trip when he was a kid and so he's revisiting all these spots he saw when he was a kid but of course years have passed and so he takes the first stop he takes Max to and Max is super unhappy he's a typical teenager he feels he's forced there against his will he's depressed and moody and so reluctant to be a part of this and the first stop is the Lester's Possum Park which is um basically an amp uh, like a theater inside of a of a possum <laughs> like it's actually like a stone <laughs> statue possum entrance and you go you down go and into it's basically mouth. and it's like it's you go disgusting. into his mouth it's awful and down the steps and there's this little stage and these animatronic possums sing a song and talk to the audience and they're literally falling apart and shooting sparks because it's such an old thing and goofy's all excited and max just wants to die he's embarrassed it's horrible he's stuck in this audience like he's just he wants out so bad and as a kid I got both of them I got Goofy wanting to share this experience and being excited and feeling like a kid again and I got teen Max being humiliated and wishing he was anywhere else especially seeing how broken down the theme park was and it was quite, it's quite funny, but it's also humiliating. So there, I was like this mix of second and embarrassment and delight. Mm. I don't know. It was like this up and down emotional roller coaster of this is hilarious, but oh my God, it's so embarrassing, but also hilarious, but oh my God. And yeah. one of my favorite parts, and it's where the name of this episode comes from, the who's your favorite possum. So there's this mascot who's dressed as Lester the possum, just wandering around. And Goofy's goes to get his picture taken with live possums. And Max is like, no, (laughs) 
he's just done. He wants out of there. And he's all of a so sudden, embarrassed. he's so embarrassed. He's so upset. He can't. People are making that... fun of Goofy because Goofy's yeah. hanging upside down with the possum. Because like, Goofy has no qualms shame. and does, and he doesn't feel ashamed. He's just is acting what he he's sees a parent. fit. He's, he's a an parent. Adult. You it's, don't care if your kids are embarrassed by you. So you don't. It doesn't matter. To parent in teenage relationships, where the parents are just like, "Let's do this," and every teen's like, "I'm gonna die of embarrassment. I'm literally totally. just gonna curl up. I'm gonna turn into a puddle and die. Could someone kill me? Like, just kill me. It'll put me out of my misery." And so, as he's waiting for his dad to get his picture taken, all of a sudden, this giant mascot appears behind him, and the interaction is as follows: <clears throat> Basically, he comes up to Max. He's like, "Hello there. Who's your favorite possum?" And Max looks at him and goes don't touch me <laughs> and, and the possum just looks at me it's like oh why such a long face you're so sad i know you need a big hug from lester and he's like don't even think and then the possum hugs him anyways and he's like there now you feel all good inside and max punches him in the face and his head the mascot head whips around so the guy in the suit can't see where he's going and as he's wandering away, unable to see anything, as Goofy comes back to Max to like talk to him, in the background you see a horde of children knock the mascot and over, beating the shit out of him, and drag him away. You're like, where's that guy going? No. <laughs> you're so funny. I love how much you're laughing about telling that scene. Oh, this it is makes like, me. Ten-year-old Lisa is coming out right here. It's so it funny. It makes me laugh like a ten-year-old every time because I hate mascots. As you a do kid, hate mascots. I hated mascots. I hate clowns and mascots. They're very unnatural to me. And as a kid, they were very upsetting. And so Max got to do what I always wanted to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I can't argue. And which I'd never do because I understand there's a human being in that suit and that would actually be awful. But so that And that scene, human being has probably vomited in that suit. They're probably, probably having a terrible day. Paid terribly and they don't want to be in that suit either. Super sweet, even though they're just exhausted. So like I as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, whoever's in a mascot suit, like props to you guys for handling how difficult that is. There you is. go. This is our shout out. This is our shout mascots. out to all mascots who's had to have the short end of the stick Listen forever. to our podcast particularly those who work at disneyland we see you we appreciate you you, but i'm not gonna lie you the physical comedy of that scene gets me every time and the physical (laughs) comedy makes me so happy as a kid so that scene like imprinted in my brain i will forever remember it because it was one of the funniest things i'd ever seen on tv ever and it just made me so happy so like that one um, that's a pretty good one. That's it's a pretty, pretty good solid. one. But I mean, the other ones, often what people think of, I'm sure, and it, again, the music, the, the songs that Powerline sings, like, and he's based in trivia. So what I say that they based him off of Michael Jackson and they based him off of Bobby Brown and Prince. Prince. And, and the songs are damn catchy. And you they first really hear one catchy. when, um, it's very well written. And when you first, it's when, um, Max is, Basically, he interrupts this final day school assembly when the principal is talking. He does like this lip sync dance routine. 
and it gets like bigger than he expected because he ends up crashing through the screen when he's supposed to just be in the background and he's suddenly actually on the stage and then his friends basically tie like a rope around him so he's lifted up over the crowd like it's just an over-the-top show and as a kid I'm like wow you can do that in high school <laughs> like, yeah like wow. high school's gonna be awesome high school's gonna be amazing there <laughs> Little they do you respect know. the hell out of him for this trick. I should try that when I'm in high school. This gets Absolutely. them all cheering his name. This does get him noticed by her. <laughs> That's the this, way to do it. This is how you get the girl or boy or whoever your preference is, whoever you have or a crush they, on. They, them. them, whatever pronouns, whatever gender, whatever. You just got to lip sync to the best the the one that everyone agrees is the best musical audience like that's what's amazing too is everyone loves powerline everyone respects powerline this is the biggest artist ever and his songs and he's lip singing as a kid i was like this is the greatest song i've ever heard <laughs> like this it is, is amazing. a good song though it's, it's a great so song. good and like it has a reprise cheering his name afterwards after the assembly after he's had you know gotten in trouble with the principal and the whole school body basically starts going max 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 and then the song kicks in again and you're just like wow the power of music is incredible and you're like <laughs> high school is gonna be awesome high school i foresee no humiliation or awkwardness i'm just gonna <laughs> skate through like this is I, i've got the key to success in like high max. school Absolutely just like next yeah because he's not awkward at all nope nope <laughs> It all pans out perfectly for him. <laughs> Definitely. Therefore, Definitely. I'm going to do that. And same with like the second concert. So like those two songs, as soon as they started to play, as soon as Standout started to play, as soon as I to I started to play, like I just got so happy just hearing Cute. the notes, just seeing them on screen. Um, I always felt bad for Goofy, though. He tries so hard as a dad to connect with his son and is missing the mark by a wide measure especially at the start of the film and you want him to be okay but at the same time I also got Max like it's funny to watch as a kid because I'm like I get both of them I feel mm -hmm. bad for Goofy I feel bad for Max they actually do a really good job of this relationship that's strained just because Max is growing up and wanting his own identity and Goofy is still his dad and still wants to be there for him and this sort of contention that that comes as a result of misunderstandings of different goals of everything else, but there's still love there. But like Max being humiliated by his dad and being embarrassed. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Like every, I get totally. it. Totally. A hundred percent. And and let's be honest here. Goofy is extremely embarrassing. He's extremely like, embarrassing. He's goofy. He's goofy as your father. He, he's hanging on a branch upside down with the possums. Like, there's a scene that I really like. It's a bit of like a montage. It's when Goofy deems Max is responsible enough to be in charge of the map. And so yes. then he gets to pick all of the pit stops from here on out to their trip kind of a thing. And little does he know Max has this, this desire to gear them towards L.A. Um, to go to this Powerline concert rather than up to the, the lake where they're supposed to go fishing. But... It's really sweet because Max is like, sweet, they're going to go to an amusement park. So they go to this amusement park. They go on this roller coaster. Goofy mm -hmm. is sick. Yes. And Max is like loving the roller coaster. And then he sees, Max takes him to a couple places. And then he kind of sees that like, you know, Goofy needs a break. Because they're at a, they would go to like a big, um. They go to like a monster really truck loud. rally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, they go and, a monster truck rally. And there's, and they go like um jet skiing. Yeah. Those yes. are the, the three at oh, the yeah, start. Oh yeah, they're on the yeah. beach. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, anyway, and then. 
and then it's really sweet because then Max is like, okay, we should do something with for dad. So then they go to the mm. house of yarn. Yes. And Goofy's so excited. He's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> He's like a yarn. little kid. He's like, oh yeah. my gosh. And like drags Max into the That's house really of yarn. really sweet. So there's this really cute bonding <laughs> that does happen quite well in the film that that is is nice like it's this really nice you see their their understanding of each mm-hmm. other kind of shift a little bit until max uh makes the decision to take him to la when goofy has now realized that that's what he's doing and goofy's upset with him oh for sure and that i love the montage too the montage makes me really happy i love seeing them bond this uh the director of this film actually based it on his own experience with his teenage daughter where he started to feel a rift between them and he they did go on a road trip together and bonded by the end of the road trip and so I think that's why it feels quite genuine is because it's coming from a very genuine place despite the fact like I mean it's over the top it's cartoonish like there's this in the montage scene they're in New Orleans or, or something similar they're in like this place where they have like a mime and the mime is miming that he's like pulling on a rope and goofy like you know elbows max like hey watch this son and like mimes back at him and and pulls out a pair of like fake scissors and the mime holds out his invisible rope and goofy cuts it and an actual piano falls on the mime and the two of them walk away as if nothing happened and of course like so again very over the top so you have these cartoonish slapstick quite funny scenes But you also got a heart to it that makes the movie quite enjoyable to watch, too, because you enjoy seeing them form that bond. And what a scene that genuinely upset me as a kid was when so they've bonded, they've they've gone through this montage. You can see them getting close. You can see them finding common ground. And they keep running into Pete and his son, PJ. PJ is best friends with Max. They're both kind of geeky. They're both kind of awkward teens. And. Pete has a very particular parenting style. It's basically like, as he describes it, if you keep them under your thumb, they'll never wind up in the gutter. And so he's constantly controlling every aspect of PJ's life. And that's his advice to Goofy. And when they meet up again after that advice, after Goofy and Max have bonded because Goofy has shown trust to Max rather than, you know, controlled him, Pete is interesting because he's upset to see them so close because as a kid I didn't get it but as an adult I get that he's he's very insecure over his role as a parent he's very insecure over his own relationship and he's aware that it's not formed on a bond of trust and love it's formed and respect of respect at all it's it's like duty yeah it's obligation it's fear uh because he's basically controlled his son so much and so his first reaction is to be like you know jealous and then he tries to hide it and then he is the one who overhears max explaining to pj that he's changed the map and he's heading them to la instead and pete wastes no time in telling goofy And he tells him they're sitting in the jacuzzi at the hotel that they're sharing because they bumped into each other at this hotel and Goofy's all happy and relaxed and Pete's testing him. He's like, oh, so no problems. You guys seem like you're getting along really well. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and Goofy makes the mistake of saying, you know, none of your advice worked. And it like that clearly upsets Pete even more. So Pete just waits a beat and then tells him, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you can tell he's enjoying being the bearer of bad news. Yeah. And it upset me as a kid. It upset me that he was taking such, I don't know, I wouldn't say joy, but clearly he wasn't upset to tell Goofy the news that your son is basically lying to you. He's duping you, as he says. And then he says, 
he's just a, you know, you've tried your best, but he's just a bad kid. That's all like, you know, wash your hands of him. And as a kid, I was very upset that that's how he'd talk about Max to Goofy. And I was, I liked that Goofy was angry, but I also knew that he was going to find out the truth and then it's going to hurt Goofy even more. So that whole scene was very upsetting because there were so many factors happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't going to end well. Like, this is, I don't like where this is headed. And I was angry at Pete, but at the same time, I'm like, well, Goofy's going to find out eventually because they're, you know, they're going to end up in LA otherwise. Like, he's, he's going right. to clue in. Like, that's the thing <laughs> about it to me that I was always like, like and I because I don't have a mm-hmm. really strong memory of watching this like you have this mm-hmm. very distinct memory watching this pizza party thing and I didn't mm-hmm. see this movie till after you brought this movie home to us so it's hard for me to recall when I recall remember watching mm-hmm. this but I know that there was a part of me that was like but wait a minute <laughs> they're going to end up in LA Goofy is gonna know Goofy's not, not that going stupid fishing. <laughs> At some point, when they're driving into LA, he's gonna clock it. So and to me, that it's was, almost like yeah. And as a kid, it's absurd. you know, yeah. it's always going. It, it's always gonna come out on the watch, but it's it's so sad that it comes out because because Pete has created this problem rather than Max apologizing Max c- and explaining. Yeah, and, yeah, Max confessing like, and owning you know, it. Now we have this bond. I feel guilty. I need to tell you the truth. Like. It, it's it's such a terrible situation all around. I'm with you. Like yes. I think that's what made it so much worse. Yes. Because you knew it would happen at some point. But the fact that Pete is the the messenger is like 10 times worse. You're like, oh, right. God, no. Not Pete. Um, totally. And it's funny as an adult watching it, I'm like, I would be furious. No matter what the circumstances, if anyone told me my kid was just a bad kid, my hypothetical child, if I had one, right, I would be right. very unhappy if anyone told me to my face that, oh, it's, you know, you did your best, but your kid's just bad. I'd be like, fuck you. Totally. <laughs> get, get your ass out of that jacuzzi. <laughs> All right. Well, who knew that the F-bomb would have been dropped on the Goofy movie episode and not yeah. by me? What? Not by you, but it, it's like it actually you, made me don't angry. Don't you diminish the imaginary <laughs> child that belongs to Lisa? How dare How you? Dare My you? Hypothetical child is the greatest child ever. Would be amazing. <laughs> you you would be so lucky to know them. There um, is no such thing as just a bad kid. Come on. <laughs> Who are you, Pete? God. Totally, totally. So it's so it's so funny what a strong reaction it still had watching. I'm like, oh, I still get upset with this scene and pete is such an asshole pete is such an asshole oh he like really watching and it's too PJ, bad because pj is so such nice. a sweetie such a nice kid and like your dad's a dick pj totally like, one going, day you're gonna be an adult in, they're camping in the rv and yes. pj's job is to clean pj's cleaning the whole time yes. that you see him in the rv and if he's not cleaning he's knocking over the spare bowling pin that <laughs> That his dad didn't knock down when he was bowling in the alley on the roof. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, what like, kind of life is this? Well, and especially because Pete, when um, when Goof, when Max asks, oh, is PJ around? Because they bump into their camping. And he's like, is PJ here? He's like, oh, yeah, he's probably loafing around here somewhere. And he's the right. opposite of loafing. He is working so hard. He's buffing the floor. Right. <laughs> he's got a buffer. He's buffing the hardwood. And you're like, I'm sorry, what loafing <laughs> define i don't think you, you keep using that word it's i don't think it, means. think it means <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah exactly and so as a kid you understand that he's 
he's not the best parent and he is quite vindictive and quite controlling. And PJ is such a sweetheart that you just like, you're just, I mean, it's funny because it's cartoonish. Like when he's on the, when he is bowling with goof and explaining all of it, and then he doesn't quite bowl the way he wants to. And, and goofy just goes, Oh, too bad. Almost Pete. And he's like, almost watch this. And he's just like, PJ. And his son comes running up to the roof. And he's like, yes, sir. Coming, sir. Yes, sir. And he just points at the bowling pin that's still standing. And PJ then just runs over and kicks it over. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know that that still doesn't count, right? Like that <laughs> and doesn't. He, still, he celebrates like it was a strike. I was like, that doesn't, just because you went over and knocked it over doesn't mean it was a strike, you weirdo. Yeah. That's not strange, how bowling works. Strange man. You strange he's not, man. <laughs> he's not a duck. I mean, he's a weird, a weird, an odd cat, if you he's will. He's an odd cat all around, shall we just say. Um, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Sasquatch scene, they, they run into Bigfoot basically while they're camping and Goofy and Max end up locked in the car because A, in their haste to run from Bigfoot, who is all set to attack them, um, Goofy accidentally leaves his keys outside and they go into the car through the sunroof and the keys are basically far away and Bigfoot is, you know, going through their belongings and then he goes to sleep on the roof of the car so they can't, they can't leave. <laughs> they're basically trapped. And it's, it was funny as a kid. It was hilarious. As a kid, you're like, this giant Bigfoot, haha. And he's like dancing to stay in alive because he accidentally gets a headphone, a set of headphones yeah, like and a Walkman, Walkman on it. And he's like dancing in the background. And so very over the top. But then what follows is one of the sweetest scenes. And it's kind of, you see, it's very clever with how little it takes to show this disconnect between them because they're sitting in the car. They're trapped in the car and Max is is hungry and a can of alphabet soup is on the windshield. So Goofy manages to snag it and he uses the lighter in the car to sort of cook it. And then they're talking about alphabet soup and he just looks at the can and Goofy goes, oh, hi, dad, soup. And Max is confused. He's like, what do you mean? And he's like, don't don't tell me you forget hi, dad, soup. You used to spell it when you were little, like bye bye and stuff. And and Max being a teenager is like what like ambidextrous and he's like no little words like like bye bye and he's and max keeps tossing out long things and goofy keeps talking about real answers and he ends with or i love you and both of them get awkward get and awkward. quiet because they realize it's been a long time since max has said that and since he was that little and they get very quiet but what's really lovely is at the end of that scene, Max gives his cup back to Goofy after they've talked a little bit longer. And he spelled out, hi, dad, with the letters in the base of his cup. Pretty cute. And it's pretty damn adorable. And so it's this, it's one of those things where it's true about teenagers where one minute they hate you and the next minute they're showing you that they love you. <laughs> but, like, like, in like, yeah. but like in a subtle way. In like a, they're yeah, showing they you they love you without you. saying it. Yeah, like they're not, they're not going to touch you. There's no sign of affection here. Like they're not going to pretend they like you. They just yeah, will stop yeah. being a dick for a little bit and that's their love. For about five minutes they promise to not be a dick and you're like, wow. They I must do really still love them. Me. So what we've really <laughs> determined is that all parents are being gaslighted by their children. By their teenagers specifically. <laughs> teenagers specifically, yes. So all of you with young children, that's what you get yeah, to look forward to. I was to. Gonna say, enjoy, enjoy when they Lisa's hypothetical uh, child will be a teenager and they'll be hell. Right. I mean, oh. uh, but no matter what, no matter how much hell they'll be, if someone tells me they're a bad kid, I'll lose it. Like, listen here. <laughs> she showed me how high, how high mom soup. <laughs> right. 
they're the sweetest child alive. Oh my God. What about you, Pauline? Anything else that we haven't talked about that stood um, out or that were favorites? Know, no, I think we covered it. I actually really love the scene when mm-hmm. they're, um, when it all comes to a head in the car, mm. when Max has like told his dad. So really, really what's happened is they're coming to this, this literal fork in the road. <laughs> Very, very, very obvious metaphor. Very like, okay, this is when we, (laughs) Max has to make a call and Max makes the wrong call. So he's either going left to LA or uh, right north towards whatever the lake Lake is called. Lake Destiny, Idaho. Lake Destiny. There you go. Mm -hmm. So Goofy knows that Max has changed the map at this point, but hasn't brought it up to him. And Max knows that this is the turn that they have to say. So they both are just waiting for this fork in the road Mm -hmm. to happen. And sure enough, Max chooses left. And, and the whole time Goofy's like, which is it, Max? Left or right? Where do I go? Left or right? And he knows what the answer should be. So when Max says left, Goofy's pissed. Mm-hmm. And then Max knows Goofy's pissed. So he's trying to do, you know when you know you've pissed someone off and you're trying to be like <laughs> extra sweet to them and then they're, it's not working and you're like, oh shit, they're real mad. They're and then you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. I can't yes. try my way out of this one. So that's definitely what's happening. But then... Yes. So then Goofy's so mad, he pulls over the car at, like, a lookout spot. Max gets out to talk to him. Goofy doesn't want to talk to him, so Max leans on the car, which then results in the car going down the hill. And Goofy and Max now chasing the car, which in an animated Disney film with Goofy, you might imagine, gets a little crazy. So Mm -hmm. they end up trying to unlock the door from the inside. It's not working. He gets him in and Goofy's shooting out the other side because the door opens. And then he's like, okay, closes it, locks it, rolls down the window, pulls Goofy in. They're Mm -hmm. climbing in. The car goes over a cliff onto these hoodoos that then it knocks down into the water. And the whole time this is all happening, they're fighting about Mm -hmm. how he didn't want to go on the trip, about how how his attitude is crappy. Goofy doesn't understand him. Max didn't even want to be here. He didn't even want to go on this stupid trip. All this stuff's like coming to a head. And so it's finally where everything kind of comes out in the wash. Again, literally. Literally. The river. And the car has been destroyed. Which is really funny because at the end they end up driving it home and it's it's falling (laughs) apart. It's quite funny. In true Disney fashion, somehow they managed to get that car from the bottom of a waterfall. (laughs) Massive waterfall that Goofy almost dies on. Anyway, and so... It's this really sweet moment that ends up happening and that comes out of this because they're both angry. So they're both just saying all of the things that they had wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And there's a very sweet song that gets sung between the two of them. And and one of the lines that I actually wrote down as a quote that I really mm. liked was when Goofy's like, you're my son, Max. No matter how big you get, you'll always be my son. Yeah, and I really like lands with Max. Like it's like it. It just kind of is this really like, oh, this very aha okay. moment for him, where, where he he's sees like, it my from dad Goofy's just, perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the first time that that's happened. And then mm-hmm. a waterfall comes into play, <laughs> and so then they're in a whole other problem before they're even able to get to LA. And who knows how they get to LA after this? But anyway, yeah, you just accept but it. I, I just feel like that whole scene is like it's everything you love in these old school mm-hmm. Goofy Mickey. Donald Duck um, cartoons where there's like, I just have this visual of like Goofy. Um, it's there's a little RV. It's a little yes, not an RV, but it's a little trailer. It's a trailer, Mickey's trailer, and Mickey's yeah. trailer, and mm-hmm. then like all these little things are happening as it's going up the hill and down the hill, and things are sliding inside, but. 
no one knows that the problem is happening when multiple problems are happening. It's very, yeah. it's exactly what you want it to be. And I love that scene because it's, it's the biggest scene in the film where you're really getting that taste of those like old tiny mm-hmm. cartoons starring mm-hmm. goofy Mickey and Donald where those kinds of things would happen. So I really like that. That's probably my it. most nostalgic. I love it because it's a blend. You have this blend of them having that old timey over the top cartoon, which makes it very nostalgic and familiar and lovely with this very authentic dialogue of the two of them saying everything they've always wanted to say. Like their fight is hilarious too, because like when they're trying to get into the car, Goofy grabs the handle for the door and it's like, you locked it. And Max is like, I locked it. It's your door. You locked it. And and Goofy's response is, well, you distracted me. And it's totally how fights go when both parties are so angry. It doesn't matter. They'll blame everything on the other party because they're just at that level of anger. And it's the whole fight. And I appreciate that that's, again, very genuine when you're arguing with someone. You're just like, other things are wrong, but the little things make you angrier because of all the big things and right. so that keeps happening at the same time that you have the slapstick i i'm with you that scene is quite lovely and and that confession of you'll always be my son always makes me you know makes you go oh goofy goofy <laughs> Just, aw, it's so shucks. sweet aw, but it's a really indeed. it's very touching all, it's a very yes and it's a very well done in that sense film there's a good character arc for Mm -hmm. both of them they both have gone on this journey again literally um (laughs) so but you see it kind of the evolution of their relationship and then they end up going to the powerline concert and sneaking in and that's funny because that's another like you know over the top where they're like yeah hiding in the instrument cases and like goofy <laughs> goofy's in the guitar case and how he's in it is like his pretzel his, shape is amazing his, it's so funny and like you open it up because you don't know how he's going to come out of there but you open it up and he's like folded oh my gosh it's great and you're just like yes this is exactly what you want it to be so no it's really yes it all yeah. ends the way you want a disney animated film to end and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really feel like nostalgia's hitting hard on this one. Totally. Nostalgia does. But again, I think nostalgia usually does with this type of cartoon, with this type yes. of animation. It's the type that when you see it as a kid, it hits you in all the right spots. Your funny bone, your like heart, like everything. It, it manages to touch those points. And as I mentioned the trivia, so this film didn't do well in theaters, but it was huge on VHS. And it was huge with Pauline and my generation in particular because we were the right age we were we were 10 and 9 when it came out so we were like the perfect audience and anyone around our age same thing and it is that there's something about the story of the father and son that all of us latched onto all of us went Mm -hmm. this makes perfect sense this is exactly our relationship work and like at the same time it's also hysterical and so I'm with you it's nostalgia is a huge part of it but I don't know how we wouldn't be nostalgic for this movie totally hundred percent. No, I it's agree. Impossible. I completely oh. agree. Okay, so so, so mm-hmm. with all that being said, Lisa, does this movie pass the Bechtel test? No, it doesn't pass the Bechtel test. It has it has named female characters. It has Roxanne, who Max has a, a crush on, and it has her best friend Stacy, and then it has the secretary Miss. What is her name? Miss T- Finkels no, or something like that. Um, but anyways, but 
Stacy and Roxanne, the little conversations they have, like first you see Stacy just talking at Roxanne about the Powerline concert. So Roxanne's not responding, so it doesn't and count as a conversation. And about her party. And yeah. about her party. And then when they do talk to each other, it's about Max. It's about talking to boys. It's about how easy boys are to talk to and handle and stuff. And it was what Stacy says. But they don't even have that long of a conversation about yeah. Max anyways. So no, yeah. it, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And to pass the Bechdel test as a refresher for anyone who doesn't know or who hasn't heard an episode in a while, um, you have to have two named female characters who have a conversation with each other. And it can be about anything except, uh, in rela- except about a man or men. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, this one does not pass the Bechdel test. It does not. Does no, not. I kind of knew that going in. I just wrote no Me too. before the movie started. I was like, in my head, I was like, I need to listen really closely to the conversation yeah. that Stacy and Roxanne have together because I know mm-hmm. that's the only time. But yeah, no, it's, everyone it, else it's is the only male. Time to, yeah, or it's a female character talking briefly, like the waitress or the secretary, and right. they're talking to all male Well, characters. and even then, they're talking to the male. Yeah, yeah. the men. Yeah. Um, okay, so then... Uh, <laughs> So is it in any way offensive? Are there things about it that maybe didn't age well? Since offensive um, is such a strong word. What, offensive what would you is say? such a strong word. I would say, like, I mean, it's full of school stereotypes. Like, basically, the whole opening yes. number of, after today, my grades will be snoozing. Like, whatever that song is where they're all talking about how this is the last year of school and it's going to be great. It's basically every high school stereotype possible is in that song. You've got the goth yes. girls who don't want to be cheerleaders. You've got the cheerleaders who are extra cheerleadery. There's the the nerds who love Star Trek and comics and have, like, acne and overbites and braces because those glasses. are the only geeks that exist. And they're scrawny. Um, and then you've got like the jocks and the pretty girls and like it's pretty much every stereotype you've ever imagined about high school is on screen. <laughs> like that's, yes. That's just there for you. So, I mean, again, you just put every character in a very simple box at the end. Check, check mark that off and, yep. and you're good. And I'm pretty sure as yep. a kid we were like, that's how high school is going to be because everything I see about high school tells me this is how this it is. This is how it is. <laughs> So this it's looks true. accurate to 10-year-old Lisa. 10-year-old Lisa totally. went, okay, I'll, I'll prep for that. Wonder which group I'll be in. Probably the geeks. Maybe Stacy. I could be Stacy. Stacy mm-hmm. seems feasible. Um, but it, it, I'm, just be aware that that's, that's how they're going to classify all the kids. <laughs> it's true. School. Um, I'm trying to think, what else from that? Uh, I do know our mom, the line that she hated every time was when the kids are singing about all the stuff they're going to do after today, it pans to the bus driver, who is extraordinarily <laughs> overweight. I wrote it down. And says, I'm going to sit on my butt. Like, everyone says they're going to be doing all these different things doing in the summer. Something. And his response something. is to just be like, I'm going to sit on my butt. And that's it. And he's this big, overweight gross looking gross man gross looking man is the bus driver and our mom drove school buses for a couple years she hated (laughs) that line she hated the drawing she always just went oh (laughs) it's offensive to school bus drivers apparently so apparently but it just i had to write it down i just i couldn't not after mom's reaction every time so clearly that was upsetting to her that's so, so funny because i thought go. that line was hilarious as a kid oh, as a kid, as a kid like, <laughs> my whole class laughed on at that butt. one that so <laughs> all i have to do is say butt to a kid and yeah, like hysterical this you is the height of humor a bear, a bear butt a guy's gonna <laughs> sit on his butt the word butt generally yep. speaking yeah all of that all of that works yep. very well what about you pauline anything you'd like to add to that 
Uh, so there were two things. Uh, mm-hmm. One, and more so just, they're very minor, obviously. Mm-hmm. All of them are minor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's a 90s animated Disney film for, for 10-year-olds. So it's not <laughs> going to be that dramatic. But one of them is, huh. so after now Max and Roxanne have planned to, you know, go to the party together. Mm-hmm. And he's after school and he's popular and cool now because he's done this sweet power yep. line number. And now the hot chick is hitting on him. She's like, Max. And then Stacy comes out of nowhere and she's like, Forget it, girl. He's Roxanne's. And just like she nudges him away. It's like, mm, are people property? I don't know. Are we <laughs> totally? Are we classifying? Totally. Is he Roxanne's now? Like they're going on age. Is that how this is that matters? What we yeah. say. Mm-hmm. But anyway, very minor. Yeah. And then the other thing is at the very end of the movie, when they're discussing that they're gonna have a date again, and it's not gonna be tonight because he's busy, but it's gonna be tomorrow yeah. night. She's like, got it. And she goes out to extend her hand for a handshake, mm-hmm. and he kisses her on the lips. And it's very cute. She's very, she's taken aback, but she's, you know, she's su- sweetly surprised. It, However, it also doesn't help that her eyes are his, he closes his eyes and just leans in real fast and just goes right without her knowing. So mm-hmm. there is a little bit of like, uh, we didn't really, uh, this isn't really consensual in a sense of conversation happening at all beforehand, well, but that's. Yeah. Minor. And again, minor. And again, they haven't dated yet. Like they haven't even gone on a right. date yet. So for him to just be like, quick kiss, now's the time. Especially <laughs> after she's extended her hand. She yes. clearly, like if he kissed her hand, then it's like, okay, she gave her hand out. That's a cute little thing. Exactly. But he kisses her on the lips. But he like, basically oh. just ignores her gesture and goes an extra step right or two. Because he's like, yeah. I want to kiss her. So yeah. that's, you know. Totally. Talking about people's boundaries, but very, always very, important. very, very, always very important. minor. Mm-hmm. But always important. Yes. <laughs> okay, but those are it. And you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. how how uh, PJ gets treated by Pete is obviously pretty yeah, shitty. Obviously, but that's very not. Shitty. I wouldn't say it's offensive. It's just you know, don't be that parent. No one wants to be Pete. Everyone wants to be goofy. Yeah. In a way, I mean, I in don't know way, if I want to be goofy. I don't really want to be either of them. I'd rather. I'd rather. You know what? I'll be a different parent to my hypothetical there child. Thank you very much. I'll take that's lessons right. from it, but I'll still be me. That's amazing oh that's the truest lesson the truest of all. lesson of all i'll still I be me still. <laughs> there you are everyone you're welcome uh, you're welcome okay. this has been life lessons with lisa and pauline we'll just have a little <laughs> music right there yeah we're just gonna find some really fancy music for that moment just yeah. edit that in mm-hmm. yeah. um okay so then a scale of one to ten lisa oh, God. and does this hold up and who would you recommend it to? Um, Your thoughts. It 100% holds up to me. Like it fits right. every bit of nostalgia <laughs> I ever wanted. Right. I had, I delighted. I giggled throughout the whole thing. I laughed at lines. I had a blast watching this hour and a half movie. I grooved along to every song. I remembered the words to every single song. I including along to I totally every did. Song. Including the Lester's Possum Park song. I still knew all the words to that one. It's a scary That's world I live in. Um, but in your brain. Yeah. In my brain. It's yes, terrifying. It's a terrifying place sometimes. But... Would I then say everyone else would have their expectations met? I don't know. If you watched it when you were kids, yes, it's as good as you remember. If you loved it as a kid, you're going to love it again. Rewatch it. Enjoy every scene. Enjoy every nostalgia-fueled animated cell because it's it's awesome if you saw this as a kid. If you are an adult approaching this movie and you've never seen it before, I cannot say with any certainty you're going to love it. You might, because you're someone who loves animation and you love sort of that slapstick humor and you might find bits and pieces. Will you love it, though? 
Mm, yeah. That's a stretch. You might yeah. like it, but I would say if you've got children and want to watch like an animated family film with them, this is a good one to watch with. This is a yeah, good one about totally. parental relationships, and it has that slapstick. It has a lot of funny lines. Your kid will probably good giggle. Lessons, yeah, honesty, good lessons about trust, honesty and respect, and, and sort of finding independence as well too. Like all these great ones. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, then you and your kid will probably have a blast watching it too. And again, you'll have some catchy songs to listen to and you'll, you'll laugh at a lot of Goofy's antics as a parent and Max's response as a teen. I think, I mean, I think you'd, goofy, as a parent, right? he's, he's goofy. as a parent, you'll relate a lot, I think to, to him and you'll oh, understand your totally. kid too. Um, so I would say, yeah, Send if us you're, two people who don't have who children. don't have children, but I say it because we have lots of nieces, nieces and nephews, and I, I feel I could connect there. I was a kid um, once. I was a kid once, long ago. Anyways, so uh, long story short, if you saw this as a kid, rewatch it, have a blast. If you have children and want to watch a family film with them, rewatch it, have a blast. Other than that, by all means, watch it if you still are interested after listening to this podcast. But uh, it comes with no guarantee, guys. <laughs> For you guys, it's it doesn't come with the guarantee. Cam did not watch this with me. I know. I know, everyone. I am shocked. shocked. I am shocked and surprised. Oh, I know. What I a know. shame. But no, what a shame. this one, I watched well, Solo. His knowing, loss, Colleen. His yeah, loss. When I told him, <laughs> yes. When he's like, what movie are we watching? And I was like, goofy movie. And he's like, like, goofy? And I was like, yeah. Is like, there goofy. any other? And he was like okay and I was like that was the end of the conversation I was like he's not watching it with me and I he's did, not but... gonna be joining me for this one yeah. um for sure and then out of 10 I mean <sighs> extraordinarily nostalgia filled um I give it an eight because I still yeah. love every minute of it <laughs> I said 7.5 because I was like okay I need to like pare this down but I do also have a confession that I need to make mm. When I got my own Disney Plus account, because I was borrowing JM's account, um, and I got my own, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch something, and I was figuring out what I was in the mood for. This is actually what I watched. <laughs> I watched it probably, this is probably the only, the first movie in the podcast that I've watched within the past year prior to this podcast well, and full confession i own it i own it on dvd <laughs> i haven't watched it in a, probably a year but i own it and our younger brother kevin who's in his 20s still loves this movie too and if i were to text him and go kevin do you want to watch goofy movie with me <laughs> he'd be he'd like, be like yes. absolutely yes i do <laughs> so it's one where i you know like oh. It holds I up. Love it's it. what you think it's going to mm-hmm. be. Uh, for some reason, I was just in a mood and I wanted to watch this. And I can't. Yep. I couldn't tell you why. Like I, <laughs> I, but I did, and I enjoyed it. It was exactly what I needed. I, mm-hmm. I, whatever my mood was, I was like, yeah, I just want to yeah. watch. I just want to watch something that's <laughs> funny and silly, but good and like well done. Sweet. And like, and this is yeah. It's what it's I picked. All those so notes, guys. I, would I watch it again? Absolutely. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've already watched it twice in one year and I there's no other movies so far in the oh. podcast I've done that with so yeah, yeah guys anyway I was so happy <laughs> okay Lisa let's do some quotes oh mm. god oh man um okay we're probably gonna end up having to limit ourselves again but one well, probably one that I have to say because I love it because it's it's Principal Mazur mm. and it's when 
he's doing the school assembly and it's really funny because Stacy's clearly like the equivalent of the valedictorian or something and so she's just talked to all the high school students and they're all just like you know chatting over her and they're like cheering and making a lot of noise and as soon as she goes now without further ado principal Mazer, the entire auditorium goes silent and this is what he says he goes Every year on the last day of school, I have several youngsters approach me and say, Principal Mazer, what can we do to not waste our summer vacation? <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because it's exactly what one of those out of touch principals would say. Would say. And the fact that he calls, says that they're youngsters to a group yeah. of high school students. Like none of them want to hear that. <laughs> And yeah, it just totally. makes me laugh. I love it. He's, I love out, of out, of He's out of touch. I love how out of touch he is as a character. All right. Well, and before, well, before the podcast started recording, Lisa and I were just briefly, we briefly talked on, on this movie, <laughs> but it was really funny because he calls Goofy Mr. Goof on the phone yeah. call. Yes. And we both laughed about it because I was like, is Goofy's name Goofy Goof? Is that <laughs> like, what, what is, his name is? What is Goofy's Mr. Goof? And, and it just, I just had this funny moment where where that's what the principal says and he's like Mr. Goof and I'm like I had a beat where I was like Mr. Goof <laughs> me too they where couldn't like, come up with something else what well and the other existential crisis is when um they're Goofy's trying to play a game with Max in the car and he says all right let's play 20 questions and he goes all right think of a person is it a man or a woman and Max isn't oh, playing man. but Goofy thinks yeah, he goes, oh, man. And he's like, man, huh? Well, that's a toughie. And then he guessed Walt Disney. And yeah. as an adult, I'm like, what is Walt Disney to in goofy. this world? God? <laughs> he's the he, creator. Is he the creator? <laughs> that's the equivalent of Goofy being like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just this moment as an adult of, wait a minute. <laughs> What world is this where they know who Walt Disney is? What and what does that mean? Am I have so I many questions. In some alternate universe. Good thing you uh, weren't high or something at the time. Totally, that would have led just to a whole existential everything. crisis. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Okay. So what's uh, okay. what's another one of yours? Okay. So um, other than that, I'm gonna sit on my butt. My next one is. <laughs> I brought it up in the podcast because I was trying to guess what what yes. the name was that you were going to pick. But So one of them is, okay, so we mentioned that Polly Shore is in this movie. We haven't mm -hmm. really talked about his character very much. He's this character um, who's in school with uh, both Max and um, PJ. And he's he's this like chill surfer dude, bro kind of guy. And he's he's snuck or stolen, I guess you'd say, <laughs> uh, uh, some, some tech tech stuff for Max to do his sweet concert thing in the auditorium and he wants his payment for stealing and, and gathering this equipment so so he's like oh right and he Max hands him this canister and Polly Shore's character is like Chatta Chatta where is it and then just like porks it all in his mouth it's the most it's disgusting. that spray sort of cheese it spray thing? cheese oh Anyway, so that was just, I started cackling because I thought that was so funny. Because I know that later when they're at the principal's office, he's going to be holding on to it, turning to Max saying, Max, look, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheese. And then he eats it and it's disgusting. <laughs> but it made us laugh every time as kids. Like, every time. Every it made time. me laugh 
this time oh, watching it it's there's something about his delivery that you're just waiting for it you're like all yeah. right all right yeah there's just so much great. joy and because i feel that way about cheese i i feel like there's a relatability to his character <laughs> i get paid in cheese if someone was like here's your payment and it's a block of cheese i'd be like thank you this is perfect exactly what i needed yeah Except exactly I can't eat dairy anymore <laughs> anyway oh um, man okay, it was one of yours another one that i love is um it's when so Goofy has decided to do this road trip and he's packing the car and Max has just come home from the best day of his life because not only has he gotten the girl, but the school has chanted his name. So life is pretty damn sweet. And he gets home and he sees Goofy packing up the car and he's like, oh, going on a trip, Dad? Like, you know, all this other stuff. You know, if you're gone for more than a month, like, you know, drop me a line. And he's like, but Max, this isn't just a vacation for me. This is a vacation with me and my best buddy. And he's like, oh, Donald Duck? <laughs> And he's like, no, silly with you. And Max almost, and Max basically faints. And later on in that same scene, after Goofy has equipped him properly with all the gear he's going to need when they go fishing, Goofy stands back and goes, you look just like I did at your age. And Max just looks at him and goes, please don't say please that, Please don't Dad. say that, Dad. <laughs> but I love that. Oh, Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, classic. We all know that reference. Yeah, we do. Um... Oh, okay, so then uh, another one. I'm coming back to the Polly Shore character because I'm not yes. done with them yet. Yes. So one of them is they're like figuring out the setup for this auditorium show that they're about to put on. And I think it's PJ, it might be Max, but they're both just one of them's just like, mm-hmm. how are we doing over there? And like super casual, like yes. no, no hint of any sarcasm or anything. They're just genuinely like, how's it going? Polly Shore's characters, don't give me that attitude, guys. I'm doing this all for you. And he puts down like a like one of those welding mask protectors, and then starts just like firing something up. And you're He's like, welding something. What is he doing right now? But it was just so funny. Don't give me that attitude, guys. I love it. It's all for you. It comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. He's so sensitive, and I really appreciate it. I love how sensitive he is. He's a sensitive guy. Yeah, totally. Oh man. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, one more. Two, two more, more for you, one more for me. So you get one <laughs> okay. more and then I go and then you get okay. the last one. Oh, man, it's so hard. But okay. Um, one of my favorites as a kid is so when Goofy and Max are trapped in the car, Goofy's sound asleep and so is the Sasquatch and they're snoring like mad. And Max's mm-hmm. eyes are just wide open as these two are making the worst snoring noises and it's when he alters the map so he mm-hmm. starts to alter the map with this pencil it's this great scene because it's super tense it's this amazing temptation moment for him and it's so over the top and i love it and he starts to erase and then draw in a new line to get to la and goofy starts to wake up or appears to wake up and max is like frantically finishing and he closes it and he closes the glove box just in time as goofy turns to him and goes how many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? And Max just goes, uh, three and a half? And Goofy goes back to sleep. <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, hysterical. But I totally. just love I just love how absurd the question is and how 
casual Max tries to sound to a clearly still asleep Goofy, and it just makes me happy. That whole sight gig is great. It's good. It's very um, good. It's fun. What's what's an, what's your last one, Pauline? Well, I've got one. It seems like such a lame one, but mm. it, I thought it was so funny. Goofy's <laughs> so ridiculous. So he's yes. loaded up this massive car. It's it's piled on top again. It's that sight gag of like all of these copious amounts of things thrown on mm-hmm. top of this vehicle that is never going to make it through any tunnel whatsoever. And as Goofy's leaving the house, he has backed into the fence. So as they're <laughs> leaving, he's like, "Goodbye, house." Goodbye, mailbox. Goodbye, pile of broken wood. <laughs> and then just continues driving. And it's like, that's what you're saying goodbye to? And you yeah. don't notice that it's your fence? But I thought it was very funny. And that's very typical of Goofy <laughs> and Goofy's driving abilities. Okay, Lisa, last one. Finishing my, off the my last one is, um, so it's said a couple times in the movie. And it's, it's pretty interesting. So Goofy teaches Max how to fish. Not only how to fish, but how to do this special move that has been passed down from goof to goof to goof. <laughs> and now it's your turn, Max. The perfect cast. And Max is just like, the perfect what? And then Goofy does the most elaborate casting of a fishing line ever. It has ballet moves. It has I'm a little teapot. It has, it has different like times on the clock times on the clock and it just is so elaborate and max is just staring as goofy does this perfect cast and then later in order to save goofy's life when they fall off the waterfall max is floating in this makeshift parachute with a tarp from the car but goofy's going over the edge of the waterfall and all max has in his hands is the fishing line and he uses it to do the perfect cast. like he does all the moves properly and he starts reeling up his father and Goofy, with tears in his eyes, goes, the perfect cast. <laughs> and then later, when they crash the stage for Powerline, Goofy's the one who's on stage. And Powerline's staring at him, and Goofy's staring, because he didn't mean to go on stage. It's an accident. And Max is in the rafters on the lighting equipment. And he shouts down, and he goes, Dad, Dad, do the perfect cast. And Goofy does, and he ends up moonwalking halfway through his perfect cast, now that he's on dry land. And Powerline just joins in, and pretty soon mm-hmm. everyone is dancing to the, the perfect, perfect cast. cast. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. There's, so a heel, to, there's a heel. There's click a heel click it's, it's an elaborate dance move, guys. You have to be really talented to uh, pull off the perfect cast. And man, I had to say it because it's it's so classic. And just I love that scene where Goofy's got the tears in his eyes. The perfect. Cast. And he's being he's being like lifted up, hoisted <laughs> up by his like shorts. Because typical, that's where the hook has landed. Typical Disney sight gag uh, where they're like, ha ha. Shorts. Hilarious and Underwear. touching at the same right. time. <laughs> Sweet. Which is what Goofy is all the time. Yes. But oh man. Yeah. Great finish. Great finish, Lisa. That's a solid Thanks. finale right I figured there. that's, that's where choices. we wanted to end on. But man, guys, this was a blast. Oh, I had fun watching this one. I had fun it was a good one, one to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Like, there's, mm-hmm. it's, it really is. So it's like, check it out if you're interested. If you're not mm-hmm. a fan of animated Goofy movies, don't watch it. Because it's mm-hmm. literally called a Goofy movie. Um, <laughs> it's your own fault if you watch it and expect something else. But it's, you, it, it's definitely, like, out of the uh, 90s Disney or even, like, 90s kind of obscure, mo- like, animated films that mm-hmm. weren't really, like, mainstream. 
Uh, this is probably one of the best ones. I mean, there's yeah. a few out there that are a little touch and go. And this one, it, this you know, one just, just is solid great the whole way through. Yeah, yeah it's a solid yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Good story, well written, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> oh well, Lisa, that's it. That's it, guys. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So you got to sign us off. Your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Is it? Yeah. I don't no, know. it's not, but I'll do it anyway. Guys, we're going to go against decorum. Well, I'm going to sign it. us off. No, it's too late. You gave it to me. All right. So <laughs> tell, let us know if you guys watched a goofy movie. Uh, let us know if you loved it. If you know the power line dance, if you know all the words to all the songs, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We're at Real Window. You can also send us a long email about it or about any other movies that you guys or love short and want to talk about. Or a short one. If you just want to do a line, that's also cool. We're um, at uh, we're a real.window at gmail.com. You can also review us on whatever um, one station you're listening to us on whether it's uh apple whether it's anchor whether it's uh spotify give us a review give us a rating so that more people can find us uh thank you all so so much it'll be pauline's turn next week to pick um, but but we might have a guest might have a guest it's unknown it'll either be pauline's it'll be a mystery guest and either way it's gonna be awesome so join awesome. us next time and find join out. us <laughs>